Come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means you ought to open up your mouth and say something. Can I get about 20 people just to open up your mouth and just say something good about? Come on, just open up your mouth and say something good about God. Come on, open up your mouth and bless the name of the Lord and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We give praises to God. We give honor. Amen. To my brokers. Amen. That's what we call each other. Brokers. My brokers. Pastor C.E. Swims Senior. That's what I call him, Pastor C.E. Swims, Senior. I'm trying to speak something to existence. <laughs> I told him I'd help pay child support if he have a son. I'll send him $5 a month. If he has a junior, I'll send him $5 a month. Amen. To your amazing first lady, my sister, cuz. Sister Brittany Swims, we thank God for you. Amen. To the entire Hopewell Church family, we thank God to be here to share with you and this 121st church anniversary celebration. Happy birthday, Hopewell. I said happy birthday, Hopewell. Okay, how about this? Go, shorty. It's your birthday. <laughs> happy birthday happy birthday we're so honored to share and i brought some amazing people with me my lovely wife pastor patricia hill our beautiful daughters my mom amen my 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 chief of security all those things amen my deacon and his wife deaconess deja robinson <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Our assistant, Pat Jay, we thank God for all of you who have come to share with us. Uh, the last time I was here, I forgot how many years ago it was, at your, your installation, installation, at your installation as pastor of this church. Uh, and at the time, um, I believe I had just started pastoring Purpose Church, if I'm not mistaken. And since that time, the Lord has blessed us uh, to be the newly elected pastor of the Monroe Baptist Church of Bellwood, Illinois, in Illinois. And your pastor came to preach the morning service of our installation service. And so we thank God for our love and relationship that we have for one another in the kingdom of God. As he has stated, it's as if we have known each other all of our lives. All of our lives. And we, we talk almost every single day. We talk about sports. We talk about sports. Everybody said, uh-uh. <laughs> we thank God for his, his brotherhood and his kinship, uh, and, and, and we're even now blessed to be double brothers. And so God, God is keeping us on the same path in life and um, blessing us to be able to hold each other accountable to ministry and having someone that we can call and talk to 
amen, and share our Monday morning stories about Sundays and all of those things because um, how many of you don't realize that pastoring can be a lonely job even in a room full of people, in a house full of people, in a job full of people, pastoring can still be a lonely assignment when you feel as if nobody really understands and nobody really cares. So to have someone that you can have those pastoral conversations with and then hear feedback and hear stories of the same is a blessing to be able to have in life. And so we thank God for what the Lord has done. Uh, let's go this morning, if you will, to the book of Revelation, chapter number three. Chapter number three, verses, we'll, we'll read verses seven and eight, as a matter of fact. We'll read seven and eight. The book of Revelation, chapter three. Our text will come from verse number eight, but we'll read verse seven as well for the context of this text. And then I'm going to preach, and then we're going to get on back to Chi-Town. Amen. I was coming. We was driving, driving here and getting off the expressway, and then I saw the sign that said Carbondale. Then I saw, I saw a sign that said Hill Avenue. I said, man, Carbondale, they hope was welcoming me real good. They done <laughs> named the avenue after me just to come preach. So I pray y'all don't change the name back after I leave once I'm done. Once I'm done preaching, Revelations, the book of Revelations, chapter, chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. When you gather, just shout, I got it. Yeah. Amen. The Bible says this, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, these things said he that is holy and he that is true, he that had the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man opened. Verse 8 goes on then to say, I know thy works. Because I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shed it, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept thy word, and hast not denied my name. Amen. This morning for this 121st anniversary, I want to preach simply from this subject, the door is open. The door is open. And if Bruno Mars was here today, he would say, I'm going to leave the door open. I'm going to leave the door open. Eternal God, we come to say thank you for being God. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. God, thank you because you are just so good and so kind and so faithful. So, God, we give you honor. We give you praise. Now, God, have your way in this place through that preach word, God, as you do every single Sunday. Open up our hearts, our minds, our souls to receive what you have for us, oh God. Then most of all, we pray, God, if there's any unsaved among us, God, that the preach word will touch their hearts, that it may impact their lives and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout, the door is open. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, the door is open. Amen. Listen, after the last three years we all have just had, I believe that we are now entering the season where God is about to really open things wide 
for all believers. These last three years since 2020 during a, a massive pandemic, we were, we were thrust into a world where everything was closed, everything was shut. Everything was tight. You couldn't go nowhere. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't rely on anybody. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't go to school. You couldn't go to the grocery store. You couldn't go anywhere. And over these last three years since the pandemic, things have slowly started to open up. People are slowly getting back to life. People are slowly getting back to their normal routine. But I've discovered that we have gotten back to everything but church. We've gotten back, we've, we've gotten back to the club. We've gotten back to the cruises. We've gotten back to brunch and mimosa. We've gotten back to all the other things that we've been able to get back to. Why? Because the clubs are back open. The doors are back open. But when it comes to the house of God, amen, amen. Some of us has been, have been spoiled, uh, and nothing against my online ministry, but some of us have been spoiled to online church and, and, and online Bible study, and we have begun to neglect the fellowship of coming together with one another. But yet, even though we, we, we see how the world has transitioned back open and we see how other spaces in our lives have transitioned back open, I believe that God also has already opened up things spiritually in the kingdom of God. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, 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 now, and now what God has opened in the spiritual realm, he is about to manifest open before us right before our physical eyes. Uh, places that you were shut out of, things uh, that people locked you out of, things that people rejected you from. God is about to shift this thing. Somebody shout, God shifted. Yeah, yeah, God is not just opening doors by his grace for you, but he is opening doors in this season because of all of your dedication and your faithfulness. As a church and as a people, we must position ourselves for all that God has in store for us. Because of our commitment and our faithfulness, here you are, Hopewell Church, celebrating 121 years. And, and nobody gets to 121 years except there have been some faithfulness. Except there has been some commitment. Except there has been some dedication. For you to be celebrating 121 years, uh, that means somebody had to hang in there for a long time. That means somebody had to make the sacrifice. Uh, somebody had to pave the way and give a life of commitment to the ministry. As a church and as a people, God has positioned hope well for where you are now. Somebody shout, we're positioned for where we are now. Yeah, we're positioned for where we are now after 121 years. And the question now becomes, uh, God, what is next? God, what will you have for us to do next? I've been, I've been faithful. I've been hanging in there. I've been doing what you told me to do. I've been going where you told me to go. I've been praying how you told me to pray. I've been fasting. Is there, is there anybody's personal testimony that, that you woke up this morning asking God, God, what is next? 
I've done my best to be faithful and, and, and complete all the assignments, God, that you've given me in life. And watch this. I've watched everybody else around me get blessed. I watch everybody. Is anybody in here on your job? You watch everybody else around you get promoted. You watch everybody else around you. Doors are opening up. And your question is, God, when is my turn? When will doors open for me? Because I've been, I've been faithful. Here it is in our text. We find the church of Philadelphia. And as we read in the context of the book of Revelation, we have these seven churches that are being addressed. And yet in the midst of all these seven churches, the Lord found something wrong with almost all of them. They all had, you do know churches have issues. Come on, hope. Well, don't act like just because y'all 121 year old, you ain't had no issues. Lean over and say, neighbor, we got some issues. We got, we, we got some issues. Every church have some issues. We don't talk about it. We don't publicize, but we all, it wouldn't be church if it was perfect. It wouldn't be church if everybody acted right. It wouldn't be church if somebody didn't have an attitude. It wouldn't be church. And so here it is out of these churches. There's two churches that are pointed out that the Lord does not find fault with. One church was Samaria. But then the other church of our context is the church of Philadelphia, which we know the name Philadelphia means love or brotherly love, which means that this was a loving church. This was a kind church. And in our text, the Lord gives them praises and no condemnation because of their faithfulness. And it is in this text, Hopewell, that we can find uh, some encouragement for us today that the Lord not only speaks to the church of Philadelphia, but he also speaks to the church of today. He says in the text to them, first of all, he says, I know thy works. He says, I know thy works. Let me pause. If you're taking notes, write down this real quick. Just simply jot down, put in the work. Yeah, put in the work. He says, I know your works. Listen, before God does anything for us, we must be willing and ready to put in some work. Yeah, yeah, we, we often want God to do all the work for us. But we must be willing to give God something to work with. Are you giving God something to work with this morning or are you just expecting God to do all the work for you? The Bible says in James chapter 2 verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, what? So faith without what works? Faith without works is dead. Jesus says, I know. I know your works. And let me pause for the cause to say this morning that in order for Jesus to identify and say he knows our works. The reason he can say to Philadelphia, I know your works. Because they works resemble his assignment. You see, it's one thing to put in work. But if you're not working on what Jesus gave you to work on, your work does not look like what he told you to work on. And so sometimes we can be condemned with God. 
God. We can be working real hard, but not making any progress because we are out of our lanes. Somebody shout, get in your lane. Yeah, sometimes you get caught up working on stuff that ain't got nothing to do with God. Yes, it's cute. Yes, it's a good idea. But is it a God? A God idea. Oh, you see, sometimes it's real easy to fool some people <laughs> and pretend like you're working. How many of you got co-workers that they pretend like they working? Ain't working on nothing. But when the boss come by, they pretend like they ain't making progress, ain't touched a spreadsheet, ain't invoiced nothing, ain't made a phone call, ain't did nothing, pretend like they're working until it's time to read their production. And now you want to know why your numbers look the way they look. Because you ain't did no work. Or what about the co-workers who go and take an extra 15-minute break? Take an extra lunch period. They, they get an hour. They gone for an hour and 30. And they want to act like they've been doing some work. Jesus says, I know your works. And in order for him to know our works, uh, it ought to have his DNA on our work. Somebody shout, do the work. He says, I know that works. He says, behold, I have set before thee. Behold, I have set before thee. Let me go on to then to say to you this morning. First, next you got to look at what is set before you. Look. Somebody shout look. That word behold means look. Say look again. Come on, say look. That word behold means look. He says, behold, look, I have set something before you. Uh, let me pause to tell you all that first of all, yesterday is gone. This year is almost a wrap. And there is no point at looking behind you. But we must position ourselves uh, to look at what is what before us. We get so caught up in what happened yesterday, what the church did 121 years ago, and we forget that now God is positioned, hope well, for the next 121 years. So God says, yes, I want you to pause and celebrate what you did yesterday, but now I need you to look. He says, I've set something before you. Many times we miss out on what God has said right in front of us because we're so distracted about what's behind us. You can't see the new boo because you're still looking behind you for the old boo who ain't even thinking about you. He done moved on, got him a whole nother Instagram girlfriend and everything. You still scrolling and scrolling, looking at their pictures. Uh, when God has set a new boo all in your face. But you can't behold what's in front of you. Because we're so hung up on what was behind you. Paul says, here's what I do. I forget those things which are behind me. And I reach forth to those things what, which are before me. He says, I press toward what? The mark of the high price of God which is in 
Christ Jesus. So you got to look and behold what God has put right before you. I come to tell somebody this morning that what you're looking for is right before your very eyes. You just have to open your eyes and look and see what God has for you. He says, he says, behold, I've set before you what? An open door. I've set before you an open door. The next point is the door is wide open. The door is wide open. Listen, the symbol of an open door is often interpreted in the lives of Paul's and his uses in his text in 1 Corinthians 16 and 9 and 2 Corinthians 2 and 12. Uh, uh, namely, when Paul talks about something being open, he's talking about an evangelistic opportunity. An evangelistic opportunity. And everywhere Paul went, uh, God opened spaces and places for him uh, to be able to do ministry. Uh, as a matter of fact, Paul did not go anywhere that God had not already opened the door to. Uh, and because Paul was committed uh, to the work of Jesus Christ, uh, all he had to do was simply wait for his assignment uh, for the next open door. Amen, somebody. He says in 1 Corinthians, 16 and 9 uh, because of a great door for the effective work uh, has opened to me uh, and there are many who has opposed it listen do you not know every time God opens a door in your life uh, there's going to be somebody that's going to oppose uh, what God has opened up for you uh, I don't care if God blessed you on your job uh, he blessed you with a new house uh, there's going to always be some opposition uh, to the opportunity that God has given you amen and so what you have in front of you hope well and those who are listening uh, you have now entered into a season uh, of open doors and what does that mean uh, whenever you see open doors uh, or hear open doors uh, it represents options somebody shout I got options yeah, say it again. I got options. It represents options. It represents access. Somebody shout access. And it represents opportunities. Let me pause to tell somebody who's listening in this season. Stop letting people treat you like you don't have any other options. Yeah, because people in your life uh, will treat you like they are your only option. That you can't make it without them. Uh, you won't get that far without them. Uh, you can't do nothing without them. Uh, but somebody shout, baby, I got options. Yeah, in this season, I got options. And so you can like me if you want to. You can deal with me if you want to. But I got options in this season. God says, I set before you an open door. An open door represents access. God, Hopewell has given you access to resources, to people in high places who will then give you that which you need to do the ministry that God has called you to do. You see, I'm a firm believer that it don't take a whole lot of people to do nothing. But all you need is the right opportunities, the right options, and the right access. God can touch somebody in City Hall that can open a door to meet a need that Hopewell needs. All you need is to be faithful when 
have options and opportunities like never before. As long as you listen, are willing to walk through the open door. It doesn't make God, make no sense for God to open the door for you that you're not willing to walk through. Because many times we pray, God, do it for me. God, do it for me. God, open the door. And as soon as God opens the door, we are afraid to walk through the door. Because we fear what's on the other side of the door. But listen, if you, if you prayed for it, you better get ready to access what you have prayed for. Tell your neighbor, don't get scared now. Tom, don't get scared now. You prayed for it. You asked for it. And so if you asked for it and God did it, get ready to open and receive what God has, has for you. Bible goes on to say, Behold, I have set before thee an open door. <laughs> and he says, And no man can shed it. He says, And no man can shed it. He says, Because for thou hast had little strength. Listen, Philadelphia had a door of service open before them and God says when I open it can't nobody shut it what God has opened can't nobody shut you out what God has given you can't nobody block it as a matter of fact as a songwriter says what God has for me it is for me. And you don't have to get all uptight and worried about somebody else getting your blessing. Because whatever God has opened up, your haters and your doubters cannot shut the door even if they want to. Because God has opened it just for you. You have spent your whole life where people trying to shut you out. People trying to block you out. People trying to keep you out. People trying to keep you from the table. But God says in this season, the door that I'm going to open, can't nobody shut it. Why? Because they don't have the power to shut it. As a matter of fact, have you ever seen a door that's been propped open and then there's a door stopper? that's put underneath the door and I decree and declare that in this season uh, that God is going to put a door stopper on some doors for you uh, so that when somebody try to come and close the door the door stopper is going to keep the door wide open uh, just I wish I had uh, somebody in here that can shout uh, you can't shut my door you can't shut my door. I don't care who you are. You can't shut my door. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever lived in the house with some children and because you own the house and it's your house and watch this, your children get an attitude, they get mad and they go run to their room and they slam and shut the door. What did your mama do? She came running behind you while she screamed. Don't you slam my doors. As a matter of fact, leave my door open. I Pay the rent in here 
I run this house. Don't you shut my door. I need somebody in here to scream to the devil and say, devil, don't you shut my door. You can't shut what God has opened. You can't close what God has opened because it's open for me. Devil, don't you shut no doors around here. God opened this door. I work too hard for this door. You can't shut nothing. Can't shut nothing. Text says, I got to finish. Text says, for, for thou has had, yeah, 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 thou has had little strength. He says, I've set before you an open door that no man can shed, for you have had little strength. He said, Philadelphia, you worked real hard. Matter of fact, you worked so hard that you're tired. You worked so hard that you ain't got no more strength left. Is there anybody here you've been working a long time? You've worked, you, I mean, you put in the work, uh, you worked so hard, and you said, I'm tired now. And, and you ain't got no strength to do nothing. Have you ever worked all week long real hard, uh, and come Friday night when you used to kick it and go out and party, you ain't got no strength to do nothing? I mean, you, I mean, there was a time you was just getting ready to go to the club at about 10 or 12 o'clock at night. Now you getting ready to go to bed on a Friday night because you ain't got no, I know it just ain't me, y'all tripping. You ain't got no strength to do nothing. You couldn't party if you wanted to now because you don't work 50 hours. You don't took care of the kids, took care of your husband, took care of your wife, and you just tired. Jesus says, I've opened the door for you have had little strength. He said, I said before you an open door because I know how much you have worked, how hard you have worked just to get to this moment in your life. And now you are tired. You are weary after 121 years. You have worked real hard and now you are tired. But Jesus says, I'm going to do you a favor and not just set a door before you, but I'm going to leave the door open just for you because I know you ain't got no strength to open it yourself. So not only am I going to put it before you, but I'm going to leave it open so that when you get to the door, you ain't got to worry about trying to open the door because it's already open. Have you, have you ever gone to somebody's house? You get there, this this real ghetto. I'm, I'm gonna say it, but it's this what we do. Get there, and uh, you get to the house. There's a sign on the door, and the sign says, "Doorbell out of order." First of all, you see the sign, but you're still pushing the doorbell. Sign says doorbell out of order, and then it says what? Knock. What else? 
Knock real loud, real hard. Don't just, but knock real hard. And so here you are at the door, knocking real hard. Only to hear somebody say, what? The door is already open. Just come in. And God is saying to us in this season uh, that you're about to come up to some doors uh, where you don't need to ring the doorbell. You don't need to knock real hard. Uh, all you got to do is open the door because the door is already open. Is there anybody in Hopewell? You've been knocking hard all your life. Uh, you've been knocking on the windows of heaven. Uh, you've been knocking on the doors of heaven. Uh, but God says, in this season, I know you are tired. I know you are weary. So I'm just going to leave the door open so that when you make your arrival, all you got to do is walk on. Walk in. Says you've had little strength. He says, but thou hast kept my word. Uh, somebody say it again. That's why the door is open. <laughs> Listen, do you not know that sometimes we don't have anything else? Pastor Swims, all you have is his word. You may not have a key to the door. <laughs> But you got his word to the door. People might take your keys or not give you a key to the door. But as long as you got God's word to the door, he says, Philadelphia, you have kept my word. Do you understand that sometimes people will give you your, their word but not keep their word? People will tell you one thing, but when it's time to deliver, they will forget about what they promised you, what they said they're going to give you. But God says, and the Bible says Isaiah 55 and 11, uh, the Bible says, so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void. Here it is, but it shall accomplish. Somebody shall accomplish. It shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing thereof I have sent it. The Bible says in Matthew 24 and 35 that heaven and earth shall what? Pass away. But God says my word shall not return void listen all you need is his word and as long as you got a word to keep in your heart David declared that word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against it I come to tell somebody this morning that when you sin against his word it causes you to forfeit the blessing that is connected to his word and as long as you keep his word God will keep his promise somebody shout I need a word yeah I need a word in this season I need a word for my life and as long as I got a word I know that everything
everything is going to be going to be it's going to be all right as I close the Bible says behold I've set before you an open door that no man can shut for thou hast had little strength but you kept my word ha and here it is and I'm through has not denied my name come this morning and say hope well just keep saying his name yeah in this season of open doors say his name because see sometimes you may get to a door have you ever gone to the club y'all act like y'all ain't never been to no club is is, is some clubs down here is there clubs down here don't answer too quick because we know who been ah have you, have you ever got to the club, didn't have no money, but you had a name? <laughs> Y'all playing with your boy this morning. Have you ever got to the club, you'd have had no money, but all you had was a name? Because you knew that Pookie was on the door tonight. And so you told all your homies, hey, y'all, get dressed, put your Air Force Ones on, put your Jordans on. We going to the club. They like, but we ain't got no money. You said, don't worry about it. Y'all with me because I got a name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and you knew you went to the club with confidence because you knew who was at the door because you had a name and as a matter of fact it didn't matter who was at the door because you had a name because they told you when you get to the door just say my name and if you say my name it's gonna get you access to the door and watch this when you get to the club there's a line at the club and everybody's trying to get in the club but everybody ain't got the right name and so they don't have the name they can't get access to the club but you come strolling up through VIP past everybody else you and your crew up in here up in here everybody and you get to the door and everybody's looking at you but you get there and you drop the name and because you drop the name everybody in your crew they call in, uh, say yeah I got such and such uh, at the door they said they know you uh, and they gave your name uh, and a person name you gave uh, they said yeah they cool uh, let them in I come to tell somebody uh, that the kingdom of God uh, is the same way uh, Jesus says uh, you may have had little strength uh, but you kept my words uh, and you didn't deny my name uh, you didn't act like you didn't know me I come to tell you that when you meet the door when you get to the door all you gotta do is say his name what's his name what's his name 
the Bible says that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that he is king of kings and lord of lords and he said that if I be lifted up above the earth I will draw all men unto me so hope well in this year going into next year just keep saying his name and every door you enter say his name and every table you're at say his name in the community say his name at the town hall meetings say his name at the university say his name and watch doors open unto you what's his name All you got to do is say his name. And the more you say his name, the more doors will begin to open. I dare you to stand up this morning and say his name. I dare you to stand up all over this building uh, and just lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, I dare you to stand and lift your hands in worship uh, and just begin to call uh, on the name of Jesus uh, and watch heaven begin to open. Uh, come on, call his name. Uh, come on, call his name. Uh, come on, call his name. Uh, and the more you call him, uh, doors will begin to be open. Windows begin to be open. Uh, spaces will begin to open. Come on, lift up your hands. Come on, lift them up. And just begin to say the name Jesus. Come on, begin to call his name. Think about every door in your life that you've come to. Every space in your life that you come to. You may not have had the key but you have his word. You may not have the key, but somebody shout, I know his name. Come on, shout, I know his name. And because I know his name, I got access to the door. We declare his name because he's Jesus. He's king of kings. He's Lord of Lords. He says to Philadelphia, you have not denied my name. So listen, don't get to work tomorrow morning and forget his name. Don't get to school tomorrow and forget his name. Don't get to the town hall meeting and forget his name. As a matter of fact, don't get home today and forget his name. It's because of his name uh, you got the house you live in. It's because of his name uh, you got the car you drive. It's because of his name uh, you got food on your table, clothes on your back. Matter of fact, watch this. It's because of his name uh, you were saved from that car accident. Why? Because when you saw the other car coming, what did you scream? Jesus!
He lived. He died. And he didn't stay dead. But early one Sunday morning, he got up. Watch this with all power. How many know there's power in his name? Come on, how many know there's power in the name of Jesus? And the more you call him, uh, the more powerful you get, uh, the more you say his name, uh, the more powerful doors uh, that begin to open in your life. Uh, thank God for the name uh, of Jesus. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is flowing our way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new, somebody shout, it's a new season. And it's coming for me. Come on, give God praise all over the building. 